person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to season two of Shenanigans Ensue. A podcast where love is patient, love is kind, love is slowly losing your mind. (laughs) Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used, or maybe abused. And of course, the the shenanigans! shenanigans. We are back at it! Yes, we are! We are back on our bullshit. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah! That's an air horn. (laughs) Me, 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 me! And to bring us in strong for season two, we've decided to bring you a classic. Yes, that's right. The much-beloved early 2000s, 27 Dresses. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, diving right in. I have such fond memories of this movie. Yes. And it's not just because the lead character's name is Jane. I mean, it doesn't have to be just that. That is part of it for me. Love. Okay. And also, this is peak Heigl. This is the height of Heigl. Yes. The height of Heigl. I love her alliteration. I know. I love that for her. Love it. It's also peak James Marsden. Yeah, honestly. Which is fantastic. So good. And then, like, who's going to be mad at the fact that we get more Judy freaking Greer? Yes! This was completely unplanned, but... We opened season one with Judy Greer being the best friend. And now season two, she's the best friend too. So it's just great. Love that. Giving the queen what she deserves. I guess that means that forever and for always, the first episode is going to have to be a movie with Judy in it. I guess so. Maybe, maybe not. We should try. Too bad. So sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. What a terrible precedent to be Mm. setting. How will I ever go on? (laughs) The only reason we may not be able to go on is if there's not another movie with her in it that's in this genre. No, and that would be the world's greatest tragedy. Then we'll just do the movies again. I don't know. I Revisit. (laughs) I also have really fond memories of this movie. I have not actually watched it probably since close to when it came out, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So I don't know. What is that? Like more than a decade, 15 years, something like that. Yeah. 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 So I'm honestly so happy that a lot of it holds up. Yeah. It's still very fun. I can't wait to get into this. Me too. And before we go too deep. Yes. I know. Let's just do that plot synopsis. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) People pleaser Jane loves weddings and cynic Kevin hates them. Even though it's his job to write about them. (laughs) Jane and Kevin meet while Kevin is writing about one of the two weddings Jane is a bridesmaid for on the same night. They are both intrigued, irritated, and confused by each other. Despite Kevin not looking for love and Jane being in love with her boss, messy, Mm. there's an instant attraction and... 
Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> messy, messy. Yeah. <laughs> so messy. I forgot truly how messy this movie was. It really is not afraid to get down and dirty. Yeah, because in my head, I've just like, you know, you just remember the iconic scene at the end, right? Like everyone remembers that. Yes. And so I have like flash bulbs of this film, but I really forgot that it's her, her sister. <laughs> it's not like a friend. It's no, her sister. It's her sister oh, and her boss, which and is her just, boss. Oh, girl. I don't think there are many more levels other than like involving parents or something yeah that it could be messier than boss and a sibling i will say that was a good thing that they did only the sisters and the people on that level are messy like dad is just a sweetheart Mm -hmm. we just picked one Mm -hmm. only one generation is messy (laughs) (laughs) dad is just like trying to get them to get along yeah and trying to run his hardware store and just like doing the best he can as a single father Honestly, love. (laughs) When he's trying to get them to fix things at the end of the movie, he just says to a customer, like, have you seen these new water fountains outside? Let's go outside. And just like exit stage right. He does. So funny. Not to mention the fact that he literally orchestrates like a parent trap, tricks them into showing up at the same time at the hardware store. They're like, you didn't tell me. She was coming. She was going to be there. I'm dead. That was so good. And he's like, work it out. I don't want any part of it, but you work it out. There's also something very silly and satisfying about a dad who owns an independent hardware store being the kind of person who just wants to fix things. Aw, that's so Mm. cute. (laughs) He's an acts of service guy and he owns the equipment. (laughs) He is an acts of service guy. He makes them the pancakes he made for them when they were kids. Yep. With the little smiley faces. Yeah. Which is so silly and extra as hell, but as an acts of service gal... I get it. Oh, yeah, you are. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's why you clocked it so quick. Yeah, I will do the most. (laughs) I can attest to that. She will do the most. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I feel like despite this being such a quintessential piece of rom-com history, it doesn't have a crazy amount of tropes. I feel like they just stuck to a few things. Yes. And they just executed everything super well. They did them really really well yeah a movie doesn't necessarily need to have a bunch of tropes like they help make the genre and this is across genres not necessarily just rom-coms but you don't necessarily need to like stuff 20 of them in there you can do a couple and like just do them really well and that's what this movie does yeah i also truly forgot how much this movie at its heart is about like self-love and the evolution and growth of a person yeah it's actually way more heartfelt than i even remember it and i feel like the lessons in it are extremely useful i was surprised it's unexpectedly profound and i think why it hits me a lot in many ways is because i'm a recovering people pleaser myself And so seeing movie Jane's behavior as exaggerated as it is, it sometimes is like a little bit, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, like a bit rough. That's too eerie. Yeah, like a little bit to be like, oh, I used to be that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not like that bad, but like on that trajectory, maybe. It is so interesting to me because I 
I do feel like most women probably have people pleaser phases or are still in it. I feel like that's kind of part of being raised as a woman. Mm -hmm. Those ideals are instilled early. Yeah. Tending to others, you know, putting others before yourself. Yes. Being so aware of other people's needs. And there's so many good things about that. There's so many reasons why we love and appreciate our mothers. Also, we're fresh off watching the Barbie movie. Correct. So we like fully in that America Ferreira monologue, which was amazing. It really is that though. It feels like that. It does. And there's so much about, you know, having to walk through life like that and making sure that everyone's tended to. Mm. I think that something that's so important is kind of like this quote that I've heard thrown around before. She says yes all the time, right? And learning to say no Mm. is saying yes to yourself. Mm. Yeah. And there really is something so sweet about that and something really empowering as well. Yeah. Truly. And I just, I really wasn't expecting this movie to hit that hard. (laughs) No, because it's so zany. (laughs) I know. And messy. Yes. How is a movie this messy going to hit you that hard with some realness? Right? It it does. It really hits you quite hard emotionally or like reflects things back to you. Yeah. Which I suppose is what media should do, ideally. Yes. (laughs) A good movie does that. And rom-coms don't usually get to do that. No. So it was like unexpectedly beautiful. Yeah, I really am impressed rewatching it. I don't think it hit that hard when I was in high school. Probably because, and I'm speaking for myself relating it to you, is probably because you weren't realizing that you were engaging in that kind of behavior. I certainly wasn't. I 100% believe that that's probably the case. You know, that's just how how it is. You don't realize there's anything wrong with it. (laughs) No. Seriously, it's wild. Even when we started this film, right, Jane sent me a message like, oh, 27, she must have so many friends. And something that hit me that didn't hit me the first time watching was that that's not friendship. Mm. Like, they do a ton of montages. And one of the montages is her tending to her friends getting married on the double wedding day. And the hoops she jumps through. It's excessive. And the things that they say to her when they're in the bathroom drunk and peeing and she's holding their dresses up for them, and the speech, all of that stuff screamed to me, these are people that like having you around because you don't say no. Mm. And then to have that become a plot device that I didn't remember was just wild. Yeah, it's worse than a free wedding planner, what she ultimately does for these people. (sighs) Like it opens on her trying on a wedding dress, but it's not hers, it's for this other person she's being a bridesmaid for. Yeah, for day of alterations. Yeah, and... Folks, if Jasmine says it's excessive, then you know it's excessive because as we've covered, Jazz does the most. I really do the most. And this is me being a person who will go out of my way for everyone I care about, like so far out of my way. And I would have done half of the things she did. Mm, It's a lot. That's still well beyond what most people would have done. And again, going back to this movie being a little bit more profound than expected, I think most women in particular would have done a lot of these things. Yeah. And the fact that it's shown to be excessive is what's kind of mirroring back to you to be like, yes, this is 
a lot. Even a quarter of this is a lot. lot. I mean, I still do this to this day. And I think even just actors in general were like expected to do the most as well, right? Yeah. It's just wild. Mm -hmm. The asks are so big and the no's are so few. Mm. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) Unlearning stuff. Fun, fun. I know. Not not terrifying at all. (laughs) And this is so funny because it really is such a funny movie and it sounds way too serious. Like if someone were to just listen to the first little bit of this, they'd be like, I can't watch this. It's it's a drama. I can't handle an existential crisis. (laughs) Yes, this movie's super fun. (laughs) But like, I really do appreciate packaging existential crises into a comedy a la Barbie and 27 Dresses, right? Like, this is good content. (laughs) So... To try and move the conversation away before we give each other another existential crisis, <laughs> shall we hit those tropes? <laughs> Sounds good. We swear it's really funny. You won't shed a tear when she starts to say no. no That's not going to happen. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> to start these tropes off strong, we have a quote from Movie Kevin himself saying, creepy little love triangle. <laughs> we have unrequited love. We've got the bestest of best friends. And they really are. Judy Greer, of course. Judy Greer acting as the curmudgeonly yang to the yes woman's yin. I absolutely (laughs) love this friend dynamic. I don't know how they became best friends, but (laughs) I'm here for it. Well, Jane can't say no. And Casey was probably just like, you need some help. I like you, but... You need someone to look out for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, they definitely had a fun dynamo. <laughs> We've got mistaken identity. We've got this meet cute. An even better re-meet cute. Yes. And it's so good. It really is a better re-meet. It's adorable. And it's made better because of the mistaken identity that precedes it. Yes. Well done. <laughs> well done, movie. We've also got a... <laughs> we love this. Whether as a plot device. <laughs> a dramatic chase. Oh, and this dramatic chase is wild and it includes a running leap onto a boat in heels girl you didn't bust an ankle or fall into the east river i don't know exactly where they were but like that would have also been tragic We've got a grand romantic speech after she's completed this leap. (laughs) And finally, so many montages. Uh, So many montages. There's so many. Of course, the iconic one is between Jane and Kevin with, with all the 27 dresses, which is such a great montage. The interview fashion show montage. Yes. Where the production must have had such a difficult time finding designs for Catherine Heigl to look terrible in. I had to rent this film on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird fun fact that popped up at the beginning because they'll have like little fun facts while you watch a film. Oh. And it popped up. And I was like, that's actually truly hilarious that she's so gorgeous how do we even make her look bad in a dress that body is banging we can't possibly do enough she can pull everything off every shape dress works on her wow she's like tall and curvy you know seriously absolutely stunning woman and so what what are they gonna do they just like made way too many ruffles they gave her arm poofs there were way too many kitschy weddings which doesn't even make 
sense. Nobody does themed weddings. <laughs> they had to lean hard into a theme wedding for sure. Right. Like a scuba diving wedding. Of 27. How are you going to have five of them themed? I don't know. Wild. Yeah, that was a super fun montage. So fun. Even the very, very beginning, they like montage her running back and forth like a psycho between the two weddings. The logistics of this. Oh my goodness. And this is one of the shenanigans that's like associated with this. Jane and I were trying to work out how on earth she was getting back and forth between the wedding so quick. Mm. And we had to figure out like logistically. traffic. Yeah. I was like, okay, she's probably in Dumbo. So she's going across the Manhattan Bridge over and over again. So the other wedding is in the Lower East Side or maybe in Fidei. So that's like a 20 minute trip back and forth each time. Yeah, that's maybe doable. How many times does she do it? Wild. We were like doing the math. Because my ears were pricked <laughs> when she gets into the cab from the first wedding and she's like, Brooklyn, please. Yeah. Assuming the weddings are literally directly at the exits on either side of this one bridge. Maybe, maybe 15 minutes. Yes. And that's like ideal traffic conditions. And no red lights. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We thought about this way too hard. (laughs) Because logistics in New York City are wild. So when people have magical cab rides, I'm like, please, come on. (laughs) Depending on where she was at, it might have been faster to take the train than she needed the cab to change. We chalk it up to movie magic. Overthought that too much. Whatever. (laughs) I'd stand by it. But it was still a super fun sequence. (laughs) And Ziggy the cab driver. Let's go. (laughs) She offered him 300 bucks. And I think he ended up with 120. She's like, here's 120, Ziggy. And Ziggy makes a face. Ziggy, you know what you did. (laughs) Love. And then he has a callback (laughs) at the end when she does her dramatic chase. Jane jumps into Ziggy's cab again. So we have a full circle which is really nice. I love that. Weird coincidences like that do happen Mm. in a city as big as New York. So it's fun. Of course. Of course. It's Ziggy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have the montage of Tess and George's courtship. Yeah. I'm just going to call that the Calla Lily montage. (laughs) (laughs) The attention to detail. (laughs) Why? First of all, why so many? Seriously, I cannot. Is that the only flower he likes? Okay, so I did Google this because I was like, why the hell? Oh, did you Google it? I did look it up. A thought that Jane and I had was perhaps because this is like the eco-friendly guy who hikes and has ethical companies. Are calla lilies a better choice of flower? Are they more ethical? Are they more eco-conscious? So the calla lily is actually native of but um South Africa. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> it grows from a tuber. It doesn't necessarily require super rich rich soil and they don't require copious amounts of water. In fact, over fertilizing them will ruin them. Oh. So you don't actually have to do as much work or spend as much money or leach chemicals into groundwater. Uh. Okay. In order to cultivate them. Yeah, a lot of the plant life here doesn't actually require all that much water, especially because we are prone to droughts. That's what I figured. Yeah, a lot of things can survive with very little water. So the calla lily is actually an ethical choice. It's more sustainable and doesn't require fertilizer. Well, I then love this detail even more. I can't. <laughs> I cannot with the details in this movie. I can't deal. It's amazing. And what like brought this on in the first place is towards the end of the movie when Jane's apartment is filled with these flowers, 
you can see them slowly starting to wilt. Like yes. they're there for the entirety of the movie. Like it's just this amazing detail. I love that. It's fantastic. I feel like they bought them early, like did the montage sequence, left them on the set and waited until they were far <laughs> enough into filming that they had started to die and then film that little insert scene. So good. Uh, oh my God. They didn't need to do that. No. But it's great. Someone did research on ethical flowers <laughs> yes. to figure out what flower this dude would send somebody. I love that detail. So dumb and so appreciated. Oh, I'm so glad you looked it up. <laughs> Truly. I had to know. <laughs> uh, I feel like they really did capture, too, in the Cow Lily montage, the progression of the relationship and how much it's affecting yes. Jane without having to spend much time on it, which is really what the montage is for. Yeah, we can see how she is clearly very upset about it but we don't need to see that slowly unfold so as you say that's what the montage is for Mm -hmm. there's probably a couple other little montagey things oh the montage at the end with the articles for the send-off was fun Mm -hmm. but those were the really big ones what would be your favorite trope that you'd want to talk about i want to talk about weather as a plot device As mentioned, it's so cheesy. It's so dumb. But I love it. It's so funny. And you know it's coming. Yes. So Kevin has finangled himself into like going with Jane upstate. We just like cut straight to them driving and they're in the rain. And we know something bad's going to happen. Jane loses control of the car and they end up in a bank and they're stuck. And it's dark. And there's no service. Yeah, stuck in the mud, literally. Yeah, yeah. And they leave the car, get soaked, walking to a bar where the payphone is broken. Then Kevin is just like, well, give me a double whiskey. <laughs> and he's like, we stuck. The tow truck's not coming. We're just going to drink. Jane grumbles a little bit and eventually joins him. Yes. Which then leads to one of my most favorite scenes ever, which is... It's so good. Them singing the wrong lyrics is delicious. Phenomenal. And then them jumping on the damn bar like this is coyote ugly and convincing (laughs) all the other patrons to sing the song with them excellent such a good scene Uh, they must have had so much fun shooting that i know (laughs) there's something about it that was just joy so beautiful and it didn't feel like put together and she's barefoot oh yeah (laughs) that upset me She's gone through it, though, and she's done with those heels. Oh, she was in heels. Okay, all is forgiven. She wore them walking in, I think. And so, like we've said about the other movie that opened up last season, you cannot walk on the street without your shoes on. So at least she went through the street. I was like, now you're in a bar. Eh. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Another excellent detail (laughs) is that they're soaked. It is pouring outside their hair has changed texture yes it is drenched and as the scene at the bar progresses their hair is slowly drying out and their clothes are drying out i love this detail so much i was just impressed it's so good you could have left them just soaked the whole way through and it would have been acceptable or you could have just immediately cut to them being dry but we got this progression yeah as they become 
more and more unhinged. Really. And this is the one time where her hair is not, like, perfectly straightened. Yeah, They, like, let her hair dry naturally. And it's so fun. And most of the time her hair is also, like, up or half up, half down. Mm-hmm. And now it was completely down and curly. So good. I was really impressed with so much of the detail work. Yeah, me too. So we needed where there's a plot device to get them stuck and get them drunk. And then they hook up in the car because they're messy. Oh, yeah. It's a very steamy hookup. She was just like, I really, I don't do this. And he's like, I know. No, no, I really, really don't do this. He's like, yeah, I know you told me that five times last night. I'm that person who's like, okay, so you guys got wasted. And then you walked your ass back over to the car. In the mud. You slept in that car. Like, where's the bathroom? Yeah. Are you okay? How is she peeing? You drank so much. They probably had to pee so many times. What? Where? So messy. I love it. Hilarious. <sighs> Whatever, dude. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> what you gotta do was James Marsden, so you know. Yep, absolutely. Understandable. Yeah. She figured it out. <laughs> And then the next morning when they're like embarrassed and shy <laughs> and the guy from last night, he's like, Benny and the Jets. And they're like, oh, God, we did sing that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, did I stand up on a bar and sing Benny and the Jets last night? <laughs> <laughs> what trope do you want to hit? Okay, I really want to get to the bestest of best friends. Oh, what a queen. So great. So great. Their dynamic is so great. She's so great. And dying. Okay. You intro her being a sass master, which I love. Her hair is a mess. And Catherine's character is like, are we going to do your hair? She's like, I did it. And Catherine makes a face. And she's like, what? The bitch said up. It's up, Jane. (laughs) She's not even nuanced. Loved that. Then you see her again two days later Mm -hmm. doing a two-day walk of shame. Looking very chic, like, considering the circumstances. Seriously. She's got her dress with her, but she, like, borrowed an oversized shirt. Yeah, she, like, tied it with the bow of her dress. Yes! Like, to make a kind of a belt. She looks fierce. Queen. Mm -hmm. She's literally sitting on the table, (laughs) listening to Catherine's character talk about how she's in love with the boss and thinks that the boss has sent her flowers. Judy is just sitting there listening, being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, while trimming her split ends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then as Catherine's character spins out, Judy full-on slaps her. And then Catherine says, thank you. Because she needed it. I just... Because George says, and that's why I love you. And he walks into the office and then he can't hear her, but she says, I love you too. And then Judy slaps her across the face. And I was like, yep, that was needed. She's like, get it together. (laughs) She needed to get a grip. And I feel like if you are a yes person, you need at least one friend like that. Maybe Mm -hmm. not to full on slap you in the face, but to maybe verbally or Mm -hmm. spiritually Mm -hmm. slap you in the face (laughs) once in a while. So good. (laughs) All the little one liners. It was so fun. Like, I spent two days in bed with a guy and you get flowers. So good. She's also ready to hook up at the wedding at the end. Oh, yeah. With Kevin's friend from work. What did she say about the weddings? The only reason to wear this ugly dress is so some groomsman can rip it off me at the end of the night. (laughs) She's so I also truly loved her come to Jesus moment Mm, with Catherine's character. mm -hmm. When Jane decides to do a full takedown of her sister. Messy. Casey pulls her aside. And it's like, listen, I'm proud of you, but I'm telling you and I'm telling you Mm. that that was messy. She says something like, 
that wasn't standing up for yourself. Mm. That was decades of repressed resentment. In one night. Yeah. That's another one of those real talk moments. Mm. You say yes too much and you end up with all of this repressed rage. When it comes out, it's not pretty. And it will come out. I wrote, good for you. But yeah, that was really rough. And like Judy Greer is going to Judy Greer and she's going to be amazing. But Casey, the character, was extremely well written she's the realest of friends and she has a really proper heart to heart and a true friend is someone who's gonna call you out on your shit Mm -hmm. and that was needed honestly that moment was the only time she was critical otherwise she's always just egging jane on (laughs) yeah oh and since we're on it sort of i also really do love the dynamic between the sisters i feel like they come in and it's clearly a strong bond they set that up really well especially for how terrible they are to each other later in the movie Mm -hmm. and just how much of a caricature tess turns into yeah they really do a good job to establish that they're sisters and that they like each other and they have inside jokes. Mm-hmm. It's really well executed. Tess ends up being, I don't even know how to describe it. That is such an easy character for someone to have turned into a villain right mm. out the gate. But she's not. And she brings it back around. I'm rooting for her and George at the end. 100%. I don't know how she managed to accomplish that. That was honestly very impressive. There were some lines that she delivered at the top where I was like, the content of this screams trash person. Mm. But your delivery screams, I don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And so how can you be mad at somebody like that? Yeah. She's also hurting. Yeah. This was like another one of those really beautiful moments that the film manages to pierce through the comedy Mm. is that she does a thing that so many people have probably done at least once in their lives, which is that they've twisted themselves up to fit the idea of a person they have a crush on. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like a good idea to like seek out their likes and make them your likes but ultimately that's not you it's not sustainable correct like what is she gonna do she's gonna go hike now (laughs) no she's gonna go do these mountain hikes with george absolutely not is she gonna eat tofu for the rest of her life right what are you doing why did you lie yeah even though jane has her own problems in this film she can look at her sister and say hey you can't start a relationship on a lie Mm. you certainly can't get married this quickly based on lies the timeline in this movie it's another tight timeline (laughs) oh my gosh But going back to the relationship between the sisters, that beautiful scene where the dad parent traps them when Tess says she was trying to be Jane. Yeah. And Jane says, why would you want to be me when you get to be you? Yeah. Like, that's, oof, chills. I know. They both think the other one has it easier. Yeah. As much as this is a rom-com, the focus was on the sisters' relationship as well. I feel like you get to see in that moment the dynamics of years of trying to take care of each other Mm. given their age dynamics and power dynamics without having a mother around. They're both overcompensating in different ways, right? Mm. It's such a beautiful moment. It's so interesting in family units how we fulfill particular roles. So Jane felt she had to step up and be a mom. Mm -hmm. But as they both grew up, the dynamic shifts and changes. But you're so stuck in this particular role that then it becomes very difficult to break out of it, especially if there's not been a conversation had about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We swear this movie is funny. (laughs) It is. Honestly, I feel like we're spending so much time on this because we're doing rom-coms. Comedies in the name. They have to be funny. Mm. But we don't get very, very funny movies that are 
also this mm. heartfelt. There's so much heart in this movie. It's way more than I remember, and mm. it's so delightful. Any other trope we want to talk about? Oh, we have to do the meet cute and the re meet cute. Yes, 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 yes. The meet cute is because she's running back and forth between the two weddings and Kevin notices her and then she gets shoved out of the way violently during the bouquet (laughs) toss and he goes to check on her and her concussion. He says something to the other women to like send them off because he doesn't want to talk to them anymore. He just wanted to get rid of Tweedledee and Tweedledrunk. He did say that, yes. (laughs) I've watched this movie many times. I can quote quite a lot. It was so good. And then he helps her get into the cab to go home it starts as you know she might have a concussion making sure she gets home safely but also because he's been keeping an eye on her yeah in the cab he brings up the you were in two weddings tonight and they start to antagonize each other (laughs) (laughs) they are having these bobs back and forth back and forth and kevin is saying about how he doesn't like weddings and jane saying she loves weddings and she's saying do you go around telling children that father christmas isn't real and he's like oh so you're saying marriage is like father christmas (laughs) it's just a really 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 good back and forth establishing these characters personalities it's really well done and it's tight it's super tight so yes that's the meet cute and then the fun part about the re-meet cute is that then the mistaken identity is discovered yes (laughs) so delicious So, so kevin has this pen name malcolm doyle and he writes the wedding announcements and jane is of course obsessed with weddings she's got clippings of like all of his articles yes (laughs) and so when tess gets engaged and they i think it's cake shopping kevin slash malcolm comes in because he's doing an article on tess it's so funny and so Catherine heigl's character is expecting to see malcolm doyle because that's who's writing the article about her sister and then in walks kevin and Mm. she loses her mind because at this point he's already (laughs) stolen the planner yes and used it as like a bargaining device and so it's really unclear as to whether or not maybe he's stalking her and so this Mm -hmm. comes as a tremendous surprise yes (laughs) and then she asks him do you really believe this stuff or are you just like writing a bunch of crap and he's like uh i don't really know what you're saying but i think the second one yeah and then jane is like i just feel like i learned my favorite love song was written, written about, about a, a sandwich, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh oh my heart a crushing disappointment <laughs> it's not just like this guy isn't who I thought he was. It's like she knows what his stance is, mm-hmm. but he writes these beautiful things. Like, it's what a terrible discovery. Yeah, so those are my favorite of the tropes. Yes, I think we've done a thorough job on the tropes and we can move on to the shenanigans. Yes, please, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Where to start? There's so many. I would love to just say that the whole shenanigan of the sisters falling in love and that montage of them falling in love there's like also a little i wrote down manic mini montage oh yes that was excellent it's not long it's not very much but it's just all these little pieces that are starting to grate at her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before you get to see the falling in love bit and then it culminates in george's proposal where he's left his wallet oh my goodness so she goes to give it to him so cringy she walks in the sign drops will you marry me the band plays and george is like no 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 she's not the 
the one. She's not the one. The choice of words, honestly. (laughs) And then instead of just going back from whence she came, she stays. And then Tess comes in and he's like, that's the one. Go, go, go. Go. Get out. Go the other way. Stop going into the band. Leave. I'm dying. (laughs) Oh, that was so cringy. (sighs) So unfortunate. Honestly, so many sister shenanigans, right? Mm -hmm. Strawberry Pop-Tarts jinx. So fun. That was so cute. The dynamic between the two sisters and their father, all the way up to the sister, like, stealing Jane's ideas for the wedding. Mm. And then cutting up their mother's dress to make something useless Oof, that was rough truly the dress thing i think that i would have also had a nervous breakdown and humiliated yeah. publicly somebody as well that <laughs> dress thing is unforgivable that dress thing needed to have a conversation like talk talk nobody <laughs> in their right mind would ever think it would be okay to cut up your mother's dress tatters i can't even imagine a situation where you think that that would be an okay conversation to have at all or even something you would consider doing right jazz and i had a whole conversation about like that was a poofy over-the-top 80s dress yeah if you cut the sleeves off or there's multiple layers on this thing you could cut some of the lace from one of the under layers off because she wasn't even using a meter of lace honestly she used a few feet for trim around the waist and then the little bit over the cleavage that's it very little material being used you didn't even need to use your mother's dress in that case yeah how dare you no you know your sister wanted to use this dress and then you say to her oh we left you the rest it's in pieces (gasps) there's no coming back from that i i what what could you say or do to make this better nothing that was really terrible Oh, another shenanigan at the bar celebrating Jane and Casey's co-workers engagement. Casey is encouraging Jane to like go over to George and tell him how she feels. Mm-hmm. Like finally for once and for all, Hurry. rip the bandit off, go and tell him. And you see in slow, slow motion, motion Jane is walking across the bar. It's so good. And Tess walks in in this like gorgeous little yellow dress. And she is watching as she's walking closer and closer to George. How Tess is walking closer and closer to George. They've caught each other's eyes across the bar. Yes. They're like magnets gravitating toward each other. <laughs> Her face is like she's watching a car wreck in real time. Slow motion car wreck on her face. And she can't do anything about it. She just gets down there and she's like, oh, hi, 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 hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And then, of course, Kevin pops up to return her filofax. Why wouldn't you just call her Mm -hmm. or call her job? Drop it off at her place of work or something. Yeah. And then he's like, I've got ways to make women call me. His phone rings because he had ripped out a week of her planner. And written his name in Koki on every Friday night with his name and number. Absolutely not. Get out of here. I was livid. You cannot. How dare you? No. How dare you? mess with my well-kept and intricate schedule how dare you (laughs) i don't know how (laughs) you shouldn't like a guy who does things like that no because it's invasive and kind of creepy and like a little manipulative yes that too like what why why is this somehow okay it's like cheeky 
I don't know how he's done it. It's because of the smile. Yeah. It's because of the smile. There's something about the energy behind it, too. It's not done maliciously. Yes. He's trying to get her attention. Right? I feel like if she had said, no, yeah. absolutely not. Give it back to me immediately. I'm calling the cops. He would have been like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. And he would have given back the page. And he would have left her alone. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> It's shenanigans. <laughs> That's what it is. So good. What's your like favorite shenanigan? Oh man. I mean, we've covered quite a few of them that I find really funny, but back to the sisters and the humorous part when Tess pretends to be a vegetarian because uh. George is vegan. Oh no, he tried to be vegan, but it was just such a pain. So he went back to vegetarian. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> He's vegetarian. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> So they are at George's, quote, little brother's baseball game. And then Jane calls Tess out on it. And she's like, what are you doing? You're not a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And it leads to this very fun exchange between the sisters where Jane is like, you hate dogs and tofu and being outside. (laughs) And Tess is like, no, I like yachts. I like flowers. I like, you know, tanning. It's basically the same thing. (laughs) And then after what has probably been about a year and a half since she broke up with George, Tess does see George at Jane's wedding and they pretend like they're reading for the first time and you actually do root for them to make it work. That's like a very sweet little shenanigan. That was cute too. And Tess was super honest. She's like, I live in Brooklyn with a bunch of roommates. I've started my own company, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I eat a hamburger once a day. I'm like, girl. That's a lot of burgers. (laughs) And it was really cute. And she somehow makes it so we're rooting for the two of them. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they really do have chemistry. They Mm -hmm. locked onto each other across that club. Yeah, and it makes you wonder what would have happened if Tess had just been honest from the jump. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a person who needed all of those things. George never specified that he couldn't be with someone who ate meat or someone who's super outdoorsy or that is super career-driven or whatever. Like, he didn't have any of those specifications. Right. Tess thought that he would want that. Right. Such a rookie mistake. Mm. People do that when they're dating and they wonder why they're single. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Just be you. (laughs) How can you commit yourself to somebody who doesn't even know who you are? Yeah. Oh, shenanigan between Jane and Kevin. Like, Catherine Heigl and James Marsden have really good chemistry. Mm -hmm. The scene... Where Kevin tells Jane to practice saying no. It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> he tricks her with the old one, two at the yes, end, too. I that just... was so great. They're at the bar and Kevin says to Jane, Jane, give me 50 bucks. And Jane's like, no, quite forcefully. And then he tries again. And he's like, please, Jane, I really need it. I'll pay you back. And you can actually see her wavering. Yeah. And then she says, no. I think he tries again. And he's like, okay, not too bad. And then super casually, he's like, can I have your drink? Sure. <laughs> and he takes it. And she goes, no, no. And he starts drinking it. He's like, uh-uh-uh. But she was getting there. She was getting there. I was proud of her. <laughs> Conscious recognition. Mm-hmm. Step one. <laughs> Conscious incompetence. Yes. We hit so many of the shenanigans already. Yes, we did. So the only other thing I would want to talk about with the shenanigans is just the lovely moment of realization that they actually are highly compatible. Mm. She previously in the movie says that her favorite thing at a wedding is that when the bride comes down and everyone's looking at her, she looks at the groom because the groom's face says everything that you need to know. Mm. And it really is such a beautiful thing to look at when you're at a wedding. Yes. Highly recommend. And then 
she calls him right the fuck out. She literally lays him bare, knowing exactly by accident why he's so cynical and bitter towards marriage. Mm. So she nails it on the head. He divulges how accurate she actually is. And then when he responds to his favorite thing about weddings, the one thing he actually does like, what does he say? Something to the effect of, I like looking at those poor suckers' faces. Because even though I think they're idiots, like they look really happy about it. Yeah. And Jane's like, you've got to be kidding me. That's my favorite part about a wedding too. We have something in common. We know it's true. She just said it. And not to him. To like someone else. And it really is like such a beautiful thing to have in common with someone. Oh, and then that leads to something really beautiful because she's pushing Kevin. She's saying, seriously, none of the weddings get to you. Right. As the Betty and the Jet scene progresses, she falls and he catches her and this moment of intimacy passes. And then he's like, I cried like a baby at the Keller wedding. <laughs> and then they kiss and it's like beautiful. <laughs> It's like, wow, we just got so real so fast. I love that. He let her in. He was vulnerable. He like dropped his shtick. I love those little moments because he really is just a smart ass the Mm -hmm. whole time. Like he has a snarky comeback for everything she lobs at him. But he cried like a baby at the Keller wedding. Oh, and the way he delivered that line as well. So tender and sincere like how my guy beautiful well i guess i mean unless you have something else (laughs) this brings us to fun fab fail fun fab fail i it's a fab yeah it's a fab i'm worried every time i revisit an old movie now but it's a fab it's a fab and it's so much more fab in so many more ways than i even thought it would be at face value it's just a really good rom-com we have leads that have a lot of chemistry we have a satisfying conclusion it's a genuinely funny movie all the characters are really funny mm-hmm. everyone's bringing it seriously and then it has a lot of heart i want comedy to be in the forefront otherwise it's just a romance yeah i don't know how this managed to be so ooey gooey sweet while still being so freaking funny i think a lot of it for this movie in particular has to do with the fact that comedy was at the forefront and the ikigui suite wasn't necessarily spoken so much as seen you know Mm. they're not saying sweet stuff but it is reflecting so many things with a lot of compassion and tenderness so good Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And if you have... Rewatch. Highly recommend a rewatch. Please. I I was not prepared for how good it was going to be. I was prepared to come into it remembering a very good movie and then maybe giving it a fun. I I think that that's what my expectation was. My expectation was also the fun. And very happy to say it blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, this movie did a lot for me. (laughs) (laughs) Much more than it set out to do. Yeah. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I also really like the detail that this movie was, I believe, written and directed by two women. And I think the detailing of everything and what was focused on really reflects that. Yeah. And so, if you're ready... I think I'm ready. That brings us to our favorite section. Favorite... Give me the cheese, please. Give me the cheese, please. Ah, it's so good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm ready if you are. Uh Uh-huh. Three, two, two, one. One. More cheese wedding cakes. Ooh. 
Oh, I missed yours. What did you say? Mornay sauce. Oh. <laughs> okay, so new season, clean slate. Yes, we can start wherever we want. We're still not going to remember. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, Maybe this year we'll keep a list. We won't keep a list. No, we're not. <laughs> we forget it already. <laughs> okay, so I'll go first. I'm ready. Okay, go for it. So I picked a Mornay sauce. Mm -hmm. The base of a Mornay is bechamel. Bechamel is one of the mothers, and it's a base for so many things. And when I think of, like, French sauces, I think of things being so put together. I think of tradition. I think of things being just so. Mm. And I feel like that's Catherine's character. It's very poised. Yes. It feels like a French mother sauce. And then what makes a Mornay special is you've taken this bechamel, which is just a roux and milk, and you've added grated cheeses to it. You can use as many cheeses as you want. And this movie is like a sprinkling of so many different things, right? You've got sweet cream. Mm. It's a sweet film. You can put cheddar inside of it. And cheddar is the cheesiest cheese. You can also add a little bit of parm. Parm is a little salty, mm. much like years <laughs> of buried resentment. I love all the cheeses you can put in this. And most importantly... It's ooey gooey, and boy, is a Mornay sauce messy. <laughs> it's so messy. <laughs> so this film has to be a Mornay cheese sauce. That's so great. <laughs> coming in strong for season two. Oh, coming in hot. <laughs> when we first said the two cheeses, I was wondering, like, how... How? Sometimes we tend to be on a similar page in terms of what we justify with our cheeses, right? Right. How are we in such different places? Yes. But then when you started to explain, it all fell into place. And I will explain <laughs> why. Oh my God. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so I think this movie is like a cheese wedding cake because first of all, it's 27 dresses. There's so many weddings. So many weddings. This movie is wedding centric. <laughs> but with a cheese wedding cake, you can pick and choose any kind of cheese you want. You can pick all the different cheeses, which is what this movie did. <laughs> and it's very curated, much like the tropes. As we said, not very many, but the ones they do, they do well. So you have all these different cheeses. And if not done correctly, when serving this cheese wedding cake, things have the potential to get really, really, really messy. <laughs> Depending on how people cut it, how it's served, if there's not some control, if not someone's not handling something. <laughs> I like that we both were like, what's messy cheese? We need messy cheese. Yes. But it needs to be a delicious mess. But like somehow also very put together. It's a wedding cake. Yes. If you haven't seen this, like Google cheese wedding cakes, they are gorgeous. Ooh. You know, you have the big ones and with the little one and people will add greenery or flowers or fruits and they look stunning. Oh, I've never seen them before. This is gorgeous. Yes. Beautiful, right? Wow. <laughs> I'm literally Googling in a real time, gang. <gasps> It's works of art. Yes. It's legitimately stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you've just discovered <laughs> wedding cheesecake. And I'm just tickled again by Messi being a prominent feature of both cheeses. Yes. We both chose things that require multiple cheeses and that are messy. It's the same. It's still the same. Both make perfect sense. That was a great way to start off season two, I think. 
Love it. That's got to be in my top three favorite give me the cheese rounds. Me too. (laughs) I love that. Well, there you have it, everybody. That was our episode of 27 Dresses. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Any shenanigans we may have missed or what messy cheese you think it is. It's got to be messy, gang. Watch the film again if you don't remember. We need the mess. <laughs> yes, please. You can follow us on Instagram at shenanigans in Pod, or you can email us your messy cheeses at <laughs> shenanigans in Pod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, when, when you're, you're with, with the person, person you're meant to be with, it should feel like Benny, 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 Benny and the Jets. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's a little bit chaotic. Oh, we love some chaos. <laughs> and the lines that they got wrong, like what was it? Electric boobs. Oh my god. And all the shoes. And in the magazine. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> <laughs>